Carla Faye Tucker has just been executed in Texas. First woman executed in the United States since 1984. World's most boring movie, Titanic. Yes, Titanic. I said it. Never seen it. Never will. Is in the 10th week as the number one movie in the USA. And Pamela Anderson, Tommy Lee have just filed for divorce after three years of marriage. Today, we are going back to February 28th, 1998. Hey, y'all. Welcome to the Wayback Recap, a podcast that obsessively explores all things past. From our favorites in TV and film... To Furbies, the American robotic toy that resembled a sort of owl or hamster-looking creature? (laughs) And became a must-have toy from 1998 to 2000, during which time over 40 million Furbies were sold... When you first got the toy, it speaks gibberish and called furbish. Then over time, it speaks in English and over 40 other languages, appearing to learn. Luckily, the it toy fizzled out quickly with some help from the NSA who floated a rumor that Furbies recorded conversations and they were a national security threat. I think, honestly, they weren't allowed in like na- uh, government buildings, were they? I, they were recording your conversations, so... I can't imagine they would be. Interesting. I'm not here for, first of all, I don't think robot toys are cool. I'm scared of robots. Second of all, Furbies are the ugliest fucking things I've ever, like I never understood the Furby thing. I won a Furby from Cartoon Network once. Did you? Yeah. How did you win it? Uh, I don't know. It was like some sweepstakes. I had to go on the website and I don't know, something happened. I won a Furby and they mailed me one. Great. Did you love it? Yeah, it was the first Furby I got. Wow. Did you have other Furbies? We had at least three to my knowledge. No kidding. Yeah. There was maybe a mini Furby in there. We had like, I had an all white Furby. That's the one I won. Nice. And I think there was like a blue or pink Furby in there somewhere. I have to ask my sister because she's the one who also had a Furby. (laughs) It kind of feels like a toy your sister would like as a youth. Yeah, me too. I, I love Furby. I'm Brandon, and welcome back to Season 2. Season 2, the Wayback Recap. Bring it back. Um, I'm Patricia, and our diehard listeners who have been with us since day one, first of all, we love you. Second of all, you know that we started the show with a summer camp movie. So we thought we'd start Season 2 with our favorite summer camp reality show. That's right, kids. Today we're discussing Disney Channel reality series, Bug juice. It doesn't come in a jar. <laughs> How many, if Brandon and I had a nickel for every time, in case you're new, Brandon and I met at summer camp when we were teenagers. If I had a nickel for every time, Brandon and I looked at each other and like, this would have been a great episode of Bug Juice. <laughs> <laughs> but honestly. But honestly. Like, we'll get into it, but damn. I mean, there were always conversations about when we worked at summer camp having, like, confessional cameras and stuff like that. But I'm sure any group of teenagers probably thought they were important enough to be on TV. Eight million percent. Yeah. But I originally watched Bug Juice, I guess, when I was in middle school. I was going to camp by then. But also, I was just like, wow, this is a way different camp than what I go to. (laughs) We'll get into it. Okay. So the series, the reality show, focused around 20 kids and their experiences at summer camp. Together, the kids work hard to excel in their activities and become friends. The phrase bug juice is a camping slang term for a very sweet, quote-unquote, juice drink made from powdered mixes such as Kool-Aid, which are often served at summer camp. Yeah, our bug juice was good. Our camp had bug juice. It was nowhere near the quality of Kool-Aid. 
No, it was probably like uh, what was the off-brand Kool Aid or something. It wasn't even the off. It was like the industrial, like the industrial version of Kool Aid. <laughs> it was like whatever you could get from Cisco Foods. It that was good, dude. I would crush some bug juice. Me too. Hell yeah. Oh, Hell yeah. Ours was red. I mean, I think most bud juices are red. I think so too. Ours was red. But it was good. The best was uh, usually we only got bug juice at meals, which is good. But sometimes for like evening snack, you get the evening bug juice. Oh, dude. Mm-hmm. Yes. That was the best bug juice. The night was in the that, snack. In the orange cooler yeah. one? Yeah. The bug juice was good. <laughs> You're right. Let's give them a little sugar before they go to bed. They would also give us those popsicles that oh, were also the Welch's, just sugar like bomb. the triangle, triangle shapes. That came in like grape, cherry, and orange. Yep, I liked all of them. I was I, a cherry girl. I was down. I'm a. I would be a lucky dip. Whatever flavor I got, I got. I liked all three. I think cherry probably would have been my ideal yeah. choice, but cherries went fast. There was usually only grape left by the time I got to them. Yeah, man. <laughs> That's fine. I would love grape. <laughs> I would take the grape. Actually, all three are fine. You're right. right. You're They're right. Cherry good. definitely. I would say grape and orange are interchangeable. Agreed. If you want. I love grape juice. I'll I drink do too. Grape juice. Especially Welch's grape juice. Don't yeah. even come at me with that. We also Delicious. had that at camp in we breakfast. Did. Oh my gosh. If That's you went to camp with us, what was your favorite <laughs> breakfast drink? Oh my gosh, weigh in. Please, please, please. Or just drink in general. Or your favorite evening snack. Maybe you were the everything cookie girl and the everything cookies were very good. What are the everything? Remember they were like cookie bars? Girl, yes. They Why are you playing so with me? so good. Yes, I do remember. They're like the magic cookie bar things. We went through a phase at camp where we had a really good cook. And it was like in the middle of our camp run. And she could fucking throw down. And yeah, she dude. made a lot of really good snacks for us. That banana pudding. That, oh, had like... that we would fight. <laughs> We'd be like, yeah. okay. Shout out to Kay if you're listening. I'll be like, Kay, hey, hey, Kay. I worked in the kitchen because you could make gas money or like you could get extra money if you wash dishes. So I always wash dishes. And when I knew banana pudding was coming, I was like, Kay, hey, Kay, 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 put a little extra in the fridge for me. Kay, I want to have for breakfast. Put it in the fridge for me, Kay. She told me that she like put, uh, I think it was like cheesecake, like the powdered cheesecake mix from like that. Cake I bet that's exactly in it. the banana pudding Delicious. too. Delicious. Genius. She also made those no bake cookies. Mama, yes. They were fucking good. Oh my god, we were eating good. I know. And then Kay left, and everything went to shit. Yeah, Kay leaving was <laughs> upsetting because those were those were some good days. She worked under trying conditions. It's a hard job. Fair point. <laughs> After the monumental success of MTV's The Real World, check out our Real World episode, every network was trying to find a way to feature kids on a reality show. Some of these shows were exploitative and gross, i.e. Kid Nation, Toddlers and Tiaras, etc. These came much later, though. Much later. Much later. honestly, were exploitative. While others sort of added an element of competition, you know, like Legends of the Hidden Temple, Double Dare, later on MasterChef, but none of these came anywhere as close to being as wholesome or genuine as Bug Juice. We have two guys to thank for Bug Juice coming to life, and those two dudes are Douglas Ross and Rick Ross. No relation. <laughs> but I want, is Rick Ross the rapper? Oh, it is not. He's oh. a Disney executive, totally different person. I... Rick Ross, you didn't want to go by Richard after Rick after Rick Ross rolled through. I love Rick Ross myself. <laughs> I mean, hey, he was like, I'm already Rick Ross. I don't go by Richard. Oh, there was also another reality TV show kid like competition show that was kind of like Survivor, but it was done in pairs called like Endurance or something like that. Oh, I don't remember that. It's very interesting. A girl who was on like the challenges um, in Real World, she was 
originally on the endurance when she was like a little kid, then got in the real world, and now she does challenges. Oh shit! I feel like she's a. I feel like she's a plant. <laughs> I feel like the challenge was like, hey, psst, good girl from the endurance, go on the <laughs> real world. We'll get you on these competitions. I hope she was really good. Ah, uh, I have no. I, I, there are people who listen to challenge. Shout out to my sister and lots of other people. Sure. Um, but her name is like John A. John. Mm. I never watched her seasons. Me either. So Douglas Ross had a production company, and he had been trying to get a hit since like 1987, but it really wasn't happening until he took a meeting with, or he got a meeting with Disney Channel executive. Oh, I have him here as Rich Ross. I bet his name is Rich Ross, and Rick Ross was a typo. Not bad. Okay. Either way. So Ross and Ross sat down, and which usually happens with people who've gone to summer camp, they start talking about summer camp. Turns out they both have these beloved memories of their summer camp days, of their summer camp experiences. And Big Doug, fast on his feet, immediately pitched the idea of a reality show that followed kids at camp. And Rich was totally in, Doug would say later. It was the first time in my life where I sold a show off a one-line pitch in my first meeting. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Good for him, man. And an iconic show for millennials, I feel like. For sure. And the Disney Channel? Yeah. Like, 97, the Disney Channel? That's a big meeting. Yeah. Especially when it's 10 years and you haven't had a hit. Like, I would kind of feel against the ropes, like, it's this or nothing. <laughs> Sorry, I just pictured this dude just, like, <laughs> a tie, just loosely tied. He's sweating. His head is... <laughs> I gotta get this. The office is empty. All that's left is a chair. And he's like, this is it. If this doesn't work, we're closing the doors. <laughs> All we needed now was a camp who would let them film. Good news. Douglas's production partner had an old friend from camp. And that old friend had just bought a summer camp. Whoa. Camp Waziata? Is that how I say it? Waziata. Waziata. Camp Waziata in Waterford, Maine. Wow. I wish one of our camp friends would buy a camp. I would freak out. That'd be amazing. I would support one <laughs> Me of them. Me too. Let's, camp friends, who's in the market? Is this something we all do together? Let us know. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> Is this how my commune dream gets started? Yeah. That would be great for me. I don't really want to run a camp, but I understand like one of them could do it. I just want to, well, no, there'd be people around yeah, all the time. Well, only during summer. Yeah, only during summer. It's expensive. We'll figure it out. Okay. Now, just to, we're just going to put all of these cards on the table. Camp Waziata is super nice. Yeah. There is a private lake, sailboats, basketball and tennis ball courts, all on 130 acres in beautiful Maine. Um, in case now you've heard me and Brandon talking about our summer camp and you've heard us talking about how beautiful Camp Waziata was, our camp was nothing, nowhere no. near as nice as Camp Waziata. No. We went from like a community-sponsored camp. Like this camp yeah. was nowhere near. Like there was a volleyball pit that was just <laughs> like grass. It was a pit. Uh, like a decade into going to camp, we got a pool. That yeah. was really cool. That was a oh my game gosh. changer. <laughs> it did take a, oh my, because we were swimming in a lake. We were swimming in the public lake. Where speedboats were zooming past, yeah. where dead bodies were found all the time. This was not our private lake. That's so funny. <laughs> I totally forgot that. Like a, I got in trouble once at camp for mooning the camp nurse. Well, I didn't get in trouble. No one ratted me out. However, there's no way she didn't know it was me because I was the only one who wore these flame, like gigantic guy fairy flame swim trunks when I did it. They were iconic. They were a look. Yeah, I was very bad. I think she definitely knew it was you. 
Yeah. And Wanted me to confess? I did not. Good call. No. <laughs> good call. She was a drag. If you knew it was me, don't have a whole meeting about it. Oh, God, we did have a community meeting about it. That's funny. Suck my dick, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> so, now we just need kids. In 1997, production held auditions with tons of kids who were already planning on going to Camp... How do you say it again? Waziata. Camp Waziata. They were already planning on going. Now, that was important to production because they didn't want kids who wanted to be on TV. They wanted kids who wanted to go to camp. Like, that was their motivation in um, casting. Production settled on 27 kids that they would center the series around. The kids came from all around the country from diverse cultural and socioeconomic backgrounds. Along with the campers, four counselors were also featured. The boys were led by Rhett and Morgan. I fucking hated Rhett. Wow. I don't know why that was. But the second I read Rhett's name, boiling anger just filled my whole body up. So I don't know what he did, but I'm mad about it, apparently. Uh, the girl counselors were Luna and Andy. Nope, were Luna and Annie. Camp was set up in sessions, first session and second session. So there were lots of opportunities for drama and new kids uh, coming in all the time in case these other kids didn't work out. Honestly, like, I mean... I went to a summer camp once that had sessions. I was only there for the first session. Wait, no. Was that the first session or second session? I think I was the second session that came in because I feel like there were kids there who had already, like... Were you there over your birthday? No. Like, I went to two different camps one summer. Good for you. I went to that Japanese language camp. That's right. And then I went to... Educational camp. Yeah, it was fun. (laughs) I had a great time. So in TV terms, camp is the perfect place for a reality show, as things are always changing and the micro-environment of camp can be explosive. The smallest action can trigger a dramatic event that can levy an entire camp. Just off the top of my head, I can think of like six huge events where our camp was flipped on its head. Oh my god, yeah. Campers and staff say they noticed the film crew, of course, but after a few days, they just became a part of camp. Yeah. However, if any child requested the cameras be turned off, the crew would immediately shut down. Uh, Producers, Ross and Ross, said that this only happened once, that a camper asked for the cameras to stop. Yeah. And that they totally honored that. They stopped right away. Good job. I mean, I'm glad somebody had some, because this is a, there's such a great area. Like, I just feel weird. Being on a reality TV show myself, like, I can say that there's, like, weird kind of trust things going on with the person Absolutely. recording you. You Absolutely. know what I mean? But, and and that's very true as well. When, like, the cameras are on you, after a while, you just kind of forget. Yeah, you they just fade into the background. It. That's just a fact. Yeah. We even had it at our camp. Like, if an adult volunteer would, like, bring a baby or something, like, little changes in camp are noticeable, of course, but they, you just, they just melt into the rest of camp. Yeah. Like, it is an adaptable place, really. Very true. In 1998, 13-year-old Patricia had never been to summer camp, and she turned into Bug Juice for the drama. Bug Juice, and summer camp in general, is a real-life soap opera. Puppy love pops up all the time, people break up all the time, you get together all the time, the entire cabin likes Malik, it's a problem. And I loved it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Furthermore, this is exactly what camp is like. (laughs) This is not dramatized at all. Every single summer at camp, I remember a relationship issue. Oh my god! Every yes. single summer, there was one of the one of the couples at camp 
several of the couples at camp was a huge issue every single summer. Maybe with the exception of our last summer, but there was still a weird relationship that summer that the entire camp talked about. He's sitting on her lap. Oh my gosh, you're so funny. (laughs) Sorry to have inside jokes on a fucking podcast. If you know, you know. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. I totally forgot about that. (laughs) While the show attempted to be genuine, this is still a TV show. So there were some shoddy editing, some reused or reapplied interviews, dubbed quotes, but this is showbiz. <laughs> I will say that these practices were really only used to like help the the show was episodic, so they had to put issues all together per episode. This is just TV making, and I don't really think it was that manipulative, especially when we compare it to reality shows nowadays. I'm looking at you, RuPaul Charles. <laughs> like Stuff is reused. They all wear the same outfit in the confessional now for a reason. Yeah. No, it, it, that is 100% true. Like, I think they're... Well, for the most part, my reality show experience was maybe a little different. Like, we definitely did interviews on different days that, and then talked about things that had happened on a specific day sure. as if it were that day. Sure. But that's bound to happen. Like, you're making yeah. a TV show. Yeah. The show was a hit. The campers and their parents were happy, Disney was happy, and immediately ordered a second season. Parents were happy? Yeah, like the parents of the campers. No, there were there was no controversy. Like everybody was happy with how their kids were portrayed. Like no one took issue. Good. I mean, I, there were a couple kids, uh, I hate to say this, Stephanie. I feel like there was a reason, like was there like conflict between her? And some people, I can't remember. I'm not There's sure. also no way you can watch these online. You have to like watch clips. So yeah, we... that's the bad news bears here, kids. Yeah. Is I think, and I have a theory that I'll talk about at the end of the episode about why that is. Okay. Um, if I don't bring it back up, remind me, because I think you're onto something. So, because of the nature of the show, there would be a lot of time in between seasons. So, I felt like Bug Juice was like an every two years kind of show. It kind of felt like that, yeah. yeah. To keep the show fresh, Season two production moved to Horseshoe, North Carolina at Camp Highlander. This is the one I wanted to go to, girl. <laughs> and then season three moved to Terrero, New Mexico at uh, Brush Ranch Camp. Season three also redid the theme song and it's offensive. Yeah. Sorry, I'm saying it. Lee, don't change good things, I'm man. Saying, and the and the theme song is great. It's, it's super excellent. <laughs> I barely watched season three, but I do vaguely remember it. I think they're like a girl got sent home on that. We are gonna talk about okay, it. Okay, 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 okay. <laughs> I love this episode. In matter of fact, we're talking about it right now apparently. So in the middle of season three, campers Eve and Jen were sent home for undisclosed reasons. Mid season, or in our case midweek, kid getting sent home early from camp was always a big deal. Yeah. Like it always shook shit up. It was always a drama bomb. It only happened to us a couple times. I only remember like three or four times that it happened. It was because someone was dumb. Yeah. <laughs> Doing drugos or some shit. Yeah, drugos usually. Allegedly, or sex stuff. Or sex stuff. What do you think? I bet you they had cigarettes. So. Do you know this? I do. I researched this. Oh my I God. Love this. So you are a journalist. No, it's just like, so listeners, since you can't, 
since you guys can't watch an episode with us, we're not going to break out a specific episode because that doesn't make any sense. Furthermore, we can't watch a specific episode either. So this episode is going to be a bit more broad as there's no specific episode we're recapping. Yeah. So, spoiler alert. <laughs> if you have your favorite Bug Juice moments, episodes, please let us know. We can please talk about this. Please let us know. I used to watch the shit out of this. So when I was a kid, season two of Bug Juice was my favorite at Camp Highlander. Uh, I wanted to go there so bad. Like, I did actually, like, print out the paperwork to go, but it was really expensive. It's really expensive. More on that later. But, um, I just remember, like, seriously, I was, because I think I was their age, like, those kids. You are 100% their age. Like, I'm a little too old. I'm a little older, but you're the perfect age. Well, I think season one, you were their age. Maybe. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I would Most of those kids are, like. Yeah, between 12 and 15. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. And then, like, season two would have been more my age. It was wild, but I really wanted to go to Highlander. Why did you want to go there? I don't know. I think because I just was related to it and it looked fun. There was a lot of like stuff that I... I didn't research their camp as much. Did they have like cool attractions and stuff? Did they have a blob like from Heavyweights? I think they did have a blob. That seems like it. I think they were doing like uh, rope stuff and other things like that. You're good at that stuff. I'm not, but I like (laughs) it. But anyways, continue. Sorry. So... The cause of Eve and Jen going home was a total mystery until very recently. In 2020, Eve went on a podcast and alleged that she was framed by a jealous fellow camper. Oh, gosh. Now, at first, I thought that was the whole story. But then, you know, I got to do a little bit of Googling. Because i that's not nowhere near a good enough answer for me. Yeah, I need details. I need, I need it. I need it. No, too vague. <laughs> So Eve's best friend from childhood went on to work for Vice.com. And she got an exclusive interview with Eve to discuss this. This is amazing. So the name of the article is, Please Stop Emailing Eve About What Happened on Bungie. (laughs) (laughs) All right, girl, I take a hit. Because, like, apparently there are, like, Reddit pages. Like, there's all this wild speculation about what happened to Eve and why did she get sent home from camp. That's so funny. This article's fantastic, and I'm linking it in the show notes. Everyone should read it. I think it's like you interviewing me. And so it's like, if my best friend is interviewing me, I am going to give very frank answers. So Eve... No, goodbye is vague, worried about getting sued by Disney E. <laughs> now we have, this is what fucking happened, Eve. And I love it. I'm here for it. I can't wait. Thank you so much, Eve. Yeah, thank you. I, I'm i Team Eve on this. I don't know what happened yet. So, mid-camp, it's like, first of all, some background Eve. Eve has gone to Brush Ranch Camp since she's eight years old. So she's gone to camp for years and years and years. Camp is like the place she feels like home. Like, her home life wasn't great. Her parents are getting divorced. Tale as old as time. And, like, camp was where she felt safe. Camp was consistent. So, camp was a big deal to her way before Bug Juice ever came along. Yeah. And I think that's important to be said here. Oh, God. I'm terrified of where this is going. So, Eve was dating this boy at camp, Brian. Another camper that was a quote-unquote, like, featured player of the season. He's, like, the bad boy. Okay. I don't remember the season. Me either. I wasn't I didn't watch as much this season. Season one and I like season two, but season one was mostly what I was there yeah, for. Yeah, I watched one and two, those are my favorites. Season three, great show. And I love a camper getting sent home. I love drama. Yeah. It's a turn. And I love a tell all, thank you. <laughs> so like lots of summer camp kids, mid camp, Eve got a cold. It happens to the best of us. 
So Eve had gone to bed, like, after lunch. She had gone to her bed and was sleeping it off. At, like, 10 o'clock, Eve's counselor wakes her up and, like, makes her get dressed really quickly. And then the camp directors are there, and they're dragging her outside. Eve says that the camp director pulled her so hard she had a bruise on her arm. Oh, my gosh. And the camp directors are like, we know what's up. We're going through your stuff. And Eve has no idea what anyone's talking about. And the camp director, male camp director, goes into her stuff and goes through all of her stuff, throws her shit all over the cabin, which is unacceptable. And he comes out and he grabs her arm again. He's like, you are in so much trouble. We found it. We found everything. And Eve is like, okay, my mom gave me Sour Patch Kids. I brought them. I haven't been sharing with them. Sorry, I know I broke the rules. And he's like, this has nothing to do with that. You have things in the cabin that you're not supposed to have. So they're just screaming at her face at 10 o'clock at night in front of her cabin maids. Like, this is terrible. Imagine if some of the people, like some of the adults who were so sweet to us were screaming in our face in front of everybody. Like, this is a, like, Scott, the camp director, I think it's Scott and Kay, they had known this little girl since she's eight years old. And they're screaming in her face. I'd fight them. (laughs) So they take her up to, like, their cabin, and they tell her that we found, we found a lot of stuff. And she's like, a lot of what? She's totally confused. She doesn't know what's going on here. They say to her, they're like, you have drugs. We found a tin full of marijuana. This is a huge problem. Eve is shocked. She has no idea what they're talking about. And she's immediately like, I'll take a drug test. Give me a drug test. I don't have any pot here. Also, I've had a camera with me this whole time. When was I, when was I using pot? I've had a camera in my face 24 hours a day except when I'm sleeping. When did I do this? But they wouldn't even listen to her. I mean, yeah. So they made her sleep on like their cabin couch. But of course, she's not sleeping at all. The minute the sun comes up, they call her mom, and she can hear them telling her mom that she, that she Eve, has been having sex with her boyfriend. Oh my god! That she'd been selling drugs to other campers, and that they found weed, cash, and condoms in her bags. Now, Eve said she had twenty dollars. That's not against the law. She said she had a condom in her school backpack that she had been given at school. That doesn't shock me. Like, they gave us condoms in eighth grade and we put them all in our backpacks. Like, yeah. that's a thing that happens at public schools. But then they told her, like, they told their mo- Eve's mom that Eve's a terrible influence and that she needs to go home. They were sending her home. I just feel like this is double fucked up because she's like a legacy kid. This is not a brand new kid they don't know. This is a kid they know really well. Yeah. And they believed the worst in her. And now this came from a tip from another girl. I don't know if it's Jen or not. No disrespect to Jen. But I think there was another girl who had been caught with pot. And she said that she got it from Eve. This other camper. um, What's it called? Pot pot? Implicated. This other camper implicated (laughs) Eve in her wrongdoings. Okay. Production immediately came to Eve's defense. Wow. And said, we have not seen her do anything like this. And we have been with her all summer. Eve was like one of the like main characters on the show. Yeah. Made of like four kids who were mostly followed. 
that means they came to her house before camp. They did all that before camp footage. Yeah. And then they followed her 24 hours a day. She had a dedicated producer who was just her producer. She had a sound person who was just her sound person. And they both came to Eve's defense. They were like, absolutely not. This did not happen. Like, if you found drugs in her bag, they were put there. And if you've been to summer camp, you know your shit is mixed up with everybody's shit. Yeah, 100%. It would be the easiest thing in the world for someone to take their pot and hide it in another person's bag. Yeah, there's plenty of times where everyone's like, someone can be the last one in the cabin, exactly. taking a long time to like go exactly. to the next event. Exactly. It would take nothing to do this. Especially if you're a petty, jealous eighth grader about the pretty girl on TV who has the hot boy boyfriend and maybe she, you know, was ignoring you at dinner or something. Like, that makes more sense to me than a camp veteran who's been to camp for six years, six summers in a row that I know who has never been an issue before. Yeah. Like, this got me fired up. I was mad. Damn, Eve. Justice for Eve. Let's fight justice somebody. Justice for Eve. Um, I'm not saying this is justice, but camp brush, or I'm sorry, Brush Ranch Camp did close their doors two summers later. They went out of business. That seems about right. Just saying. Something had to happen. That's what y'all get. Idiots. <laughs> <laughs> um, camp, or I'm sorry, I'm always putting camp at the beginning. Brush Ranch Camp was the last season of the original run of Bug Juice. Yes, 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 yes. So even though it's sad that that camp had to close their doors, the good news is Camp Highlander and Camp Waziata are still open. That's remarkable. Yeah, Camp Waziata is the number one summer camp in Maine. I believe that. And I teased earlier, people who know me will know, I'm a cheap asshole. I was raised poor. It's hard to get out of that mindset. Ha. <laughs> she is <It> an asshole. Is... <laughs> Hurtful. Summer camps like those featured on Bug Juice are very expensive. And when I say expensive, I mean one session, so four weeks, is going to cost you $7,965. You want to stay the whole summer? Twelve grand. Mama, these kids are <laughs> from well-to-do families. Now, they do make a point to say on the show, and I even on their website today, that there is like scholarships available for people who can't afford these prices. But I imagine those scholarships are tough to get. Yeah. And there probably aren't a lot of them. But even on season, even on the bug juice season, there were kids who were there, like, on these scholarships. Yeah. Which is great. I think those should exist. Absolutely. Even our camp, like, 1999, 2000, my family was poor as shit. Camp was, like, 200 bucks. Yeah. And my mom was still like, so, how are you going to come up with that 200 bucks? Yeah. <laughs> I got a scholarship. <laughs> yeah. A lot of kids had scholarships going to camp. Yeah. Okay. It's expensive. But also, summer camps to exist and run safely and adequately are expensive to do. 100%. I 100% agree with you on that. Like a camp like Camp Waziata, imagine the upkeep on that. Mama. Like the property taxes alone. I better out of control. Jesus. I wonder how many campers went. Do you know how many campers went to any of the camps? Like, oh, total I think like at that time. I think at that time there were like 150 kids per session. Wow. Yeah. So they had a big camp and they had younger camper, like the campers that we saw the most, the 12 to 15 year olds were the oldest kids at camp. Right. Right. They also had younger kids at camp, but I think they were 
not featured on the show and kind of separated. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. In an odd move for Disney, once the show was off air, reruns didn't really run anymore. There was a brief replay of old episodes the summer of 2004. Then in 2006, they chopped the shows up into like six minute commercials that they ran on the website or sometimes on the Disney channel. That's stupid. Super stupid. We saw how uh, Quibi went down. Nobody yeah. wants to watch short shit. Nobody wants long form entertainment is superior entertainment. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my before bed show right now is a 22 hour YouTube video of a person playing Mario Odyssey and it's excellent. I love it very much. Wow. All right. (laughs) More power to you, P. Thanks, man. August 4th, 2017, Disney announced a revival that was heading back to Camp Waziata. What? Right? But the iconic theme song was gone, and so was the magic. I think the issue with this revival is the original run, like I just said, was 12 to 15-year-olds. Like, it's it's fun to laugh at preteens. But the new revival had young kids, like eight, nine, ten year olds, and they didn't really have any drama. Like you were mostly just like watching kids do camp stuff. Yeah. Like which is fine, but it wasn't quite as captivating from a reality show stance. Right. I think they also probably went that route. I mean, shit, kids love watching other kids like open and play with toys and shit. Yeah. So I can imagine this is what they were going for. Yeah. I mean, it's just sh- a fucking commercial for Waziata. Yeah, for real. They should be paying Disney, frankly. This is a promotional ad. (laughs) Uh, So I think the revival ran for like one or two seasons. It was not nearly as successful as the original Bug Juice, but people still loved it. At first, when Disney Plus came out, you could watch revival episodes on Disney Plus, but even those are gone now. Like everything got scrubbed in like 2021. Why? I think with the Fox acquisition, Disney Plus took the time to scrub everything. I mean, it's just wild. Like, I want to watch. So I really think, I think the reason why we can't watch Bug Juice episodes anymore has nothing to do with Disney and has everything to do with Douglas Ross, the original producer of the show. In 19, when did I say this started? Like 98? Yeah. 98, Ross, not a big hit. Bug Juice opened major doors for Douglas Ross. Really? He became a producer of mega reality show hits. Let me hit you with this. Big Brother. Wow. America's Next Top Model. Wow. Fear Factor, the Real Housewives series. Okay, I see it. Douglas Ross is now, has is like a reality show stronghold. So I have a feeling he owns the master rights to Bug Juice. And I think he didn't want them on Disney Plus. This is all speculative. I know nothing. I never will know anything. This is just my idea. Because I feel like if Disney owned it, why wouldn't they make money on it? That's what I'm saying, yeah, like, right? That doesn't make any sense. I think Douglas Ross is probably trying to sell it to other streaming services. Interesting. Like, it not CBS streaming service Paramount Plus? Yes. So I bet he's, I bet there's some sort of fight between Paramount Plus and Disney Plus about who gets bug juice. This is all speculative again. So I don't know. So he mostly anything. probably works with like Viacom then, like, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, because like CBS, yep. VH1, well, I guess. And wasn't Fear Factor like on VH1? At one point, or MTV. Oh, or something. First... It was on NBC at one point? Fear Factor, maybe? Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah. Luckily, Brandon and I, mostly me, <laughs> still have some favorite camper moments to talk about, even though we can't talk about a whole episode. 
One relationship that I loved during season one was the relationship between bunkmates Caitlin and Lakeisha. In the first days of camp, sometimes within the first minutes of camp, there is always a camper who wants to go home. There is always a camper who is very upset, is very homesick, they want to leave camp. And on Bug Juice, this camper was Caitlin. We see her on the phone begging her mom to let her come home. Like, she's got full waterworks on, like, in my opinion, crying too hard for someone her age. She wants to go home. And her mom tells her no. She already wrote the check, bitch. (laughs) Yeah, but honestly, girl. You're on a fucking TV show. Shut up. Have a nice time. (laughs) (laughs) So props to Caitlin's mom, really. (laughs) (laughs) Caitlin's mom. Uh, Lakeisha steps up and kind of takes Caitlin under her wing and helps her learn to have fun at camp. There is a confessional moment at the end of camp featuring Caitlin, where she tells the camera that her hometown is 100% white. And she is grateful for camp because it helped her have a friend like Lakeisha, who is someone she wouldn't have had access to in her podunk, dumb hometown. (laughs) As a person who ran camp, I am so grateful for campers like Lakeisha. Like campers who saw a camper not having a great time and tried to do something about it and was just kind to other campers. Like I could think of 10 campers on top of my head. Where I'm like, you were aces, I loved you so much, you were great. Meanwhile, the boys of season one are all still super tight. Really? Oh yeah, Connor and Everett were in each other's weddings. Oh, Jesus. There's a great, I'll try to link it again in the show notes. There's a YouTube video that gives us like a where are they now of the campers of season one. Yeah, I saw that. A lot, there's an interesting divide in the campers. Half of the campers have grown up into adults who work with children. Wow. Uh, Malik, Annie, Luna, Molly, all have careers with children. I could see that. Like, you, uh, camp is like a formative experience where you're probably like, I like doing... 100%. Especially if you worked at camp. Yeah, Like, I'm if sure you worked did. at camp, you got to decide if you liked it or not. And if you liked it, you liked it. Like, it's hard to turn your back on it. Camp prepared me to run a before and after school daycare that I ran state certified thank you very much uh daycare and it was only because I had camp I was ever remotely qualified to do that job yeah I can say the same thing with a lot of the for my sure. teaching jobs and yeah stuff like that. for sure the other half of campers are either lawyers or entrepreneurs interesting as we discussed earlier some of these kids come from very wealthy backgrounds and have continued that wealth I <laughs> into can, their adulthood yeah I bet they have <laughs> Jesus I mean, when they were introducing the characters throughout the series and stuff like that, they'll put, like, where their hometown was or things like that. And I noticed that a lot of them were, like, from D.C. or around the D.C. area. Mm -hmm. But, like, the richer areas, I was like, oh. Yeah, you're like, oh, you're from Connecticut? Ah. Oh, (laughs) you're from Vermont? Cool. (laughs) Oh, this is your seventh summer at Camp Waziata? So your parents have spent $12,000 seven times to send you to camp? Not even say if you have siblings who go (laughs) Oh my god, I just threw up. (laughs) If you're one of those people, send me some money. Send me a check. Or just give us some dirt. Like, is there anything weird about camp? I would love to know. Or, or like, the Bug Juice experience. Did you go to camp the summer after Bug Juice? (laughs) Oh, that's even more... That would have been me if I would have gotten in. Yeah. So, I wonder. I wonder if it holds up. I was really mad at my parents for not letting me go because I was a dramatic gay kid. (laughs) You? Never. I think I threw myself down, like, Ariel from Little Mermaid and cried. So, that's really all I have about Bug Juice. 
Is there any, can you and I have a conversation about a scandal that happened at camp, but keeping it broad enough to not expose anyone? Do you have one in mind? I have a couple in mind. Okay, go ahead. Let's try it. So we had a camper at camp who was a legacy camper. He had come to camp since he was in first grade, I think. And this was him, I think, in high school. And legacy kid, halfway through camp, or first of all, as soon as we got to camp, there were rumors going around that he had drugs with him. Okay, that's fine. We love drugs. (laughs) Uh, Official camp rules, we absolutely do not like drugs. (laughs) But, okay. And they're just rumors. We're not going to get a kid in trouble for rumors. That's not the kind of camp we were. Yeah. Well, Lindsay Lohan. (laughs) So, mid-camp, I think he's caught with drugs. Yes, yes, yes. Which is a shame. And then his stuff is searched, and there's more drugs, I think. I think they... Do they have to call his parents first? So, to look through his stuff, you need yeah. my permission? Absolutely not. It's oh. written in the contract you signed. So, it can't. So our camp uh, had religious affiliations. See so, that. we signed like a covenant, like a promise to camp. Oh, yeah. And in that promise, I think we say, we're not bringing anything to camp. It's camp's right at You're any time right. to go through our stuff. I think it was in there. Because my contrary thought I was smarter than everyone asked. I was like, we don't have to sign this. We shouldn't <laughs> have to sign this. <laughs> This isn't law. This isn't... <laughs> they can't bring this in court. <laughs> <laughs> they probably got them good church lawyers, though. Mm-hmm. So I think we called this kid's parents. This kid's parents was not surprised at all. Woof. They came and got the kid. And the kid came back the next summer. Yeah. Which was, like... That was something I really liked about our camp. Is, like, even if you did do something bad, quote-unquote bad, we always welcomed you back. Yeah. We were always going to give you a second chance. One of my favorite things about that is, like how we found out i guess we were um on the camp out like the week annual camp out where we were like uh where we were hearing the murmurings and the rumors that this particular camper and a couple were going to sneak out while everybody was asleep to go smoke the pot so the counselor was like okay instead of like let's just not go let them sneak out to smoke the pot at the camp out. you know what i mean yeah. like that was the so we all just kind of stood up stayed up all yeah night. a group of counselors just stayed up all night which is maddening. Like, when you're up all night and you're just really fucking tired from being up. First of all, camp is exhausting. Like, I've never slept harder than when I slept at camp. So then on the camp out night, when we're out in tents, it's yeah. not a comfortable night for the best of us. Never mind the poor... I think it was only, like, four of you guys. I did not stay up all night. No. I had set up tents. I was like, fuck this shit. I don't give a damn what happens. I'm going to bed. But you were in that group. I remember because the next morning... The next morning, after all this drama, that morning for breakfast, we had French toast sticks, and they ran out before you got to have any, and you were so, like, you were like, I'm tired. Yeah. I, I haven't showered yet, and now you only got no French toast sticks. It was I a was hard day. I was very emotional. Well, I mean, I was, like, delirious. Like, while we were up all night, I was, like, looking at the fire, and it was getting all freaky. I was like, whoa, this is weird. <laughs> like, I need to go to bed. And so, like, when the same sun came up, we decided to go to bed. Um, we were like, okay, problem thwarted, like not yeah, a big deal. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, but then on the canoe ride back, they somehow evaded us, but then got caught because they obviously, if you're smoking pot in a canoe, even you're on a river with eight other people yeah. who all know you. And I think it was the priest who caught them. Oh, wow. 
who was a cool guy. It hurt him to do this. Yeah, I cried. We were mostly we were all, all just disappointed in the kid. Like, you know camp rules. It doesn't matter what kind of people we are. It doesn't matter what we think about drugs. You know the camp rules. Yeah. And you straight up broke camp rules. I remember being upset because the kid that he smoked with, that kid really should have gotten to stay at camp longer. And I felt really bad for that kid because he had just been baptized. <gasps> oh my God. And he was really, I really felt bad for the other kid. Yeah. The main kid was like, whatever, see y'all next year. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, one thing about like the camp, like sounds weird. We had like the, we were a community and like we all kind of like had an opportunity to like talk about it. And stuff if like something that. happened at camp, we had a community meeting about it. Yeah. And anybody who had any feelings about it could talk about it. There's a part of me who's like, that feels like community meetings and like community conversations like that are good and things like that. But then I'm also like, is this a cult? <laughs> well, then you always have the person who's just trying to get attention. Yeah. And like gets the, because we had a ball you had to have. You had to have the ball to talk. And that would just get the ball to manipulate, to, like to get attention for themselves. I'm like, girl, you had nothing to do with this. Sit down. Stop crying. Yeah. <laughs> That was me. She was talking about I would me. never say that to him. Um, but yeah, all was good afterwards. Like, yeah, you know. it was not a big deal. No, it turned out to be a really good summer. Yeah. Bonded people. I feel like, what was the aftermath of that? Everyone was, you I think those people were pretty died. cool. I think like the campers were pretty dramatic about it, but it's high school campers. Like, what are you going to do? And a lot of these kids knew each other for a super long time. Yeah. So everybody was kind of mad at the kid. Like, what are you doing, man? No one's impressed with your pot. The only other example I think we could talk about on air is when we had some counselor drama. Yeah. With people always. who were quote unquote full ass adults. Oh, this involved me. Being a lot. really ridiculous. Yeah. We had a group of counselors who, at the last week of camp, quit pretty dramatically um, for a mirage of reasons that I can't really seem to remember. Well, I don't know. I just remember that... Brandon feels responsibility because one of the people who quit, Brandon brought to camp. Yeah, as a friend. Um, well, they were just wild. Like, they were just wild adults being bullied. It was just girls being petty and jealous. I hate to say that. Um, but that's what's the situation. And they were just trying to get attention. But here's the thing. I feel like counselor drama happened a lot. And that was always a... The case, there was petty, like, drama It was just people. petty shit. It was, like, boyfriend-girlfriend shit... Or, like, I'm jealous shit. It was so dumb. But we were all young. You we know? were very... That's the other thing you guys got to remember. Like, even the years I was in charge, or Brandon was in charge, where we were in charge, 22, maybe? Yeah. And I was the oldest person on staff. Well, shit, I was in charge when I turned 21. Yeah. Like, the end of the summer. Yeah. And that was... The head counselors were always at the oldest, like, 25. Yeah. And those were rare. Like, usually they were, like juniors in college yeah like it was a young staff supervised by young people and like two adults yes <laughs> wow people i would never send my children to the camp i'd be like mm, no so final thoughts at our camp lots of camps if you want to be a counselor first you're a counselor in training a cit Brandon was a counselor, was a counselor in training all summer, one summer, because yeah. we needed him on staff. <laughs> I got lucky. I never went through the CIT process. I was just hired as a full-ass counselor. Sweet. Because I'm impressive. <laughs> <laughs> um, camp, our camp couldn't have run without our CITs. Like, 
we leaned on CITs hard, and I'm so grateful we always had them. Yeah. If you want to be a CIT at Camp Waziata, you have to pay them six grand. Excuse for me? For the opportunity to work for free for them for the whole summer. Man. <laughs> Man. Could be me. Could not be me either. <laughs> You're a glorified camper. You're paying them. And they're getting free labor out of you. They're making you teach canoeing. That's wild. It's a no. It's a hard no for me, dog. Could you imagine? I, mean, I know we talked about like owning a summer camp. <laughs> Could you imagine, though, having to run a summer camp? No. It would just be exhausting. Exhausting. And, like, there would be no money. True. Like, it would just be, I don't know how, I don't know how it happened. Do it. I don't know how it happened. Our camp was, like I said, it was like... It was community-based. So there were times where people just had to, like, give us a credit card, and we would go to, to like, the t we would go to town to get supplies. Like, I remember one summer, our tents were so bad, and we were all bitching so hard that the person in charge gave me their personal credit card and sent me to Walmart to buy new tents. Sweet. And those were the tents we had until, like, I was done working at camp. Sweet. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Thank you all for tuning in. And if you have any questions, suggestions, or embarrassing confessions, please send us an email at thewaybackrecap at gmail.com. That's thewaybackrecap at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram at thewaybackrecappod. If you'd like to support the show or listen to bonus content, exclusive episodes, visit our Patreon page. Our original cover art is by Laura Strobish. Uh, remember, wherever you listen to podcasts, follow or subscribe to The Wayback Recap. If you enjoy yourself, please rate and review the show, but if that's too much... We totally get it. Tell a friend. Preferably a responsible friend who will rate and review the show. And join us next time. I'm Brandon. And I'm Patricia. And on behalf of The Wayback Recap, take, take care, care of each, each other, y'all.